Amen, amen. We're going to turn to Matthew 4. Everyone got a Bible? You got a Bible? You got a Bible? You got a Bible? Show me if you got a leather-bound Bible. Anybody? Leather-bound? You know, remember one of these? Yeah, yeah. Digital device, maybe you can use that too. iPhone, go for it. Samsung, try your best. And then, and then we've got a screen for a big Bible. And we're going to turn to Matthew 4, 18 to 22. I'm reading from the NIV. I do like the ESV as well, but I'm going to read from the NIV. Then I'm going to give you the ESV, and then we're going to talk about it. Everyone good? Now talk to me today. Everyone good? Hey, there you are. Okay. Verse 18 says this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Anyone like fishing? A few people? Yeah, come on, come on. Okay, not many people, all right. Me either. Okay, verse 19, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, everyone say at once. Come on, everybody, say at once. They left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, great name, might call him the son, Zebedee Lee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately, immediately, straight away, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Verse 19, same scripture in the ESV, says it like this. And he said to them, he being Jesus, follow me and I will make you. Everyone say make. I will make you fishers of men. Two weeks later, after they thought about it, prayed about it, asked mum and dad about it, they left their nets. Oh, hang on, don't say that. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. So if you read the scripture just from uh, you know, face value, we, we would think that here's this random guy, this random stranger, kind of bit of a stalker, Jesus, walks up to two random guys who are randomly fishing and he says, hey, you two, follow me. That might be our perception, but that's why we have four books of the gospel, because they're actually all meant to work together, like fabric being knitted and woven. Each part is an angle of the same story. And so we read in Luke 5 that Peter and Andrew, Peter is not Peter yet, he's Simon, and they are fishing. And as they are fishing, they are fishing all night and can catch nothing. Their local business is not working. And so they are there, and here is Jesus. He comes to these two guys who've been fishing all night, nothing working, and he arrives on the scene. The thing about it, it is not the first time that they have met him or that he has met them. Because in John 1, we read about John the Baptist. Anybody heard of John the Baptist? Talk to me today, have you heard it? If you haven't, it's all good. John the Baptist, Yakubu. And John the Baptist was this guy who was preparing the way for Jesus. And he came and he was baptising people and he was yelling at everybody. He was kind of a crazy dude. And he was out in the wilderness and he's saying, prepare the way! And everyone's like, whoa. And he was there and he had two guys with him that when, at one stage when he was baptising these two guys that were with him, walk with him and there is Jesus. And John the Baptist says, hey, you two, forget me, follow him. He says, see that? That's Jesus. He's the saviour of the world. Follow him. So these two boys leave John the Baptist and they follow him. One of those two was Andrew. Andrew is the brother of Simon. So it is Andrew and Simon in the boat. It's not the first time that they've met Jesus. And so Andrew knows who this guy is. And that's why Peter says, Master, And he says, Master, in Luke 5, read about it. In Luke 5, he says, Master, I've been fishing all night. What do you know about fishing? And here's Jesus, Saviour of the world. 
coming in trying to tell him how to do his business. And he says, what do you know? I've been fishing on, I've been fishing my whole life. And Jesus says, try this, put the net on the other side. So Simon Peter says, fine, if you say it, I'll do it. And so he does it and then brings in a huge catch of fish. And it is at that point that Peter says, God, I am a sinful man. Go away from me. And at the point of realisation of the power of God and the truth of God's Word and the revelation of who Jesus is, at that moment, he felt to draw away from God. Have you ever felt like that? At the moment of encounter with a pure, holy, loving God, we want to hide. You know, you know, in the Garden of Eden, you know that in Genesis 1, that Adam and Eve, they'd sinned and so they went and hid. And here's God playing games and He says, hey guys, where are you? Like He didn't know. He knew exactly where they were. But sometimes we need to realise where we are before we can realise who God is and where He is in relation to us. Jesus did not turn away from them. He said, follow me, follow me. And I love it because I want to talk to everybody here today who is, is maybe you're just faithfully doing what you know to do. Faithfully looking after the kids. Faithfully paying the bills. Faithfully staying married. Faithfully walking together. Faithfully being in the house of God. Faithfully serving Jesus. Do you know that Jesus didn't come? He didn't go down to the local temple. Right? Come talk to me. He, he didn't go down to the local temple where all the rabbis were, where all the best thinkers were. He didn't go down to the thinkers. He found the doers. Because thinkers are good, but the call of God is not to think about Him and to spend our days talking, 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 talking about God. There's a lot of talk in the world today. Am I right? There's a lot of talk and there's a lot of Christians who talk. But Jesus wasn't looking for people who could sit around and talk about Him. He was looking for people who could walk in His ways and walk in His Word. Like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, he says, don't you realise Corinthians? He's talking to some arrogant Corinthians who think they know everything. They were Jewish background and they knew, they knew all the Scriptures, but they didn't know how to walk in it. And Jesus said to them, do you not know that the kingdom of heaven is not of talk, but of power? Woo! And so, so they, Jesus wasn't looking for talkers. He was looking for people who could walk. Praise God that you don't have to know everything and have a degree about it all. All you need to do is walk. All you need to do is walk with Jesus. Can you follow Him? Yes, you can. If you can just walk. If you can just walk with Him. If you can follow Him. He will, he will show you amazing things. Uh, recently, the other day, I was in, a, in a, new, a, new, a, new, a new thing. Come on on Zoom, don't judge. And I was on news, this news thing. Not the news, just a little news thing. And so um, we were talking and then somebody wrote a comment from this news thing that we did, a Christian newspaper thing. This guy writes a comment and he has three scriptures, why my hair is a sin. It's okay to laugh, it's fine. It's ridiculous. And so he's writing about, well, you know, haven't you read? And, and, and it's a sin to have long hair and it's, you're disobeying. The, and, then, and then this beautiful lady just randomly pops on there and says, um, didn't Jesus have long hair? <laughs> talk. So much talk. People talking. People can talk about scriptures all day, but can you walk in it? 
Can you live in the kingdom? I don't care if you can talk about it, good on you, but can you walk it? And so Jesus came to people who were faithfully doing what they'd been asked to do. They were fishermen and he says, follow me and I will make you. Follow me and I will make you. Praise God. Follow him and he will make you. Do you have some things in your life that you cannot change? It's all right. Just let him marinate for a second. I, I, I've had some character things that have been hard to change. But praise be to God, I don't have to get them changed. I can walk with him and he will change them as we go. And these fishermen just followed him and he changed their life. This is the one thing I want you to get today. Because before you learn to follow, you've first got to transition from Jesus just being Saviour to being Lord. Okay, so Saviour is good. Saviour means He came and He died and He rescued you. And he will, you can turn to Him and your sins are washed and you're forgiven. And He is our Saviour, right? Put on Zoom, right? But if you stay with Him constantly rescuing you, He will rescue you, but that doesn't mean that you're going to break out of the cycle that is keeping you stuck. Freedom comes by following. Freedom comes by transitioning from Jesus just as a genie in a bottle to Jesus as my Lord. From Saviour to Lord. You know this scripture, Psalm 23 verse 1, you've heard me say this before, but it says, the Lord is my shepherd. So before he's my shepherd, first he's my Lord. I want his guidance, but I don't want to make him Lord. You cannot have both. Truth bomb today. You actually cannot have both. He'll save you. But that doesn't mean you're ever going to walk in the call and the change and the transformation that he has for you. To really walk and be who he has called you to be and who he's shaping you into, you've got to segue from Saviour to Lord. He's my Lord. He's my boss. Psalm 23 gives us a beautiful picture of this. The thing about Jesus is that He is not an interruption. He is a disruption. Woo! I love this so much. You know, there's this woman at the well. Anyone read this? The Samaritan woman? How's everyone doing? You all right? You all right? I'm just having fun. I hope you are too. In, in John 4, there, Jesus comes to a well and he goes to this place called Samaria. And it says that he had to go through Samaria, but the truth is he didn't. In fact, Jews never went through Samaria, but he felt pulled by the Spirit of God to go through Samaria. He gets there at noon. Nobody goes to the well at noon except for this one woman, Pastor Patrick, and she'd been trying to avoid everybody except God turned up and she met God at the well at noon. And it turns out that she has a background that's been quite stuck in a cycle of broken relationships. She's been through five husbands and now with a boyfriend number six. But the seventh man didn't turn up as husband, it turned up as God because he completes and he breaks the cycle. Amen. You can clap if you want. I mean, that's it's true. And then Jesus comes and he, you, know, you know what happens? He doesn't interrupt, he disrupts. Oh, okay. You're not there. You're going to get it. Because an interruption, an interruption is like this. You know, like, okay, so if you're doing something, anybody ever done something? 
I'm just trying to locate you. Okay. So you, if you've done so, you're doing something. An interruption is somebody comes as you are doing one thing. They stop you. You pause. You take in what's happening. And then you go back to what you were previously doing. Right? Yeah. That is an interruption. But Jesus doesn't come into our lives as an interruption. He comes as a disruption. Because you are doing what you are doing and you are living the way you are living and maybe you have some mindsets that are stuck in a certain way and some lifestyle choices that are going in a certain direction and Jesus shows up at noon at an awkward time that you weren't expecting him and Jesus steps into your world and it's at that moment. He doesn't just interrupt so that you can have an encounter and go back to what you were doing. He disrupts everything. He breaks the cycle that you were stuck in. Jesus didn't come from heaven to earth to interrupt sin and death. He came to disrupt its power and break it one time for all time. Come on, church. Jesus isn't coming to interrupt your life so you can go back to the way it was. He is coming to disrupt, to bring change and new life and new freedom, and new joy, and new healing, when you allow Jesus in. He changes everything. He disrupts the cycle. Maybe you have a cycle of addiction in your life. Have you brought Jesus in? Will you allow Him to disrupt what is broken and bring healing and new life? This is what it is when you, when you transition from Saviour to Lord and you follow Him. Because as you follow Him, catch this, when I make Jesus Lord, when we make Jesus Lord of our lives, He begins to transform our lives. When you and I make Jesus Lord of our lives, He begins to transform our lives. What could happen with your life? Simon, means read. He had an encounter with God and he became Peter, which means rock. Psalm 23 verse 1. As I come to a close, it's amazing because it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He'll make you do stuff. He will. But you know, like alcohol, that'll make you do dumb stuff too. Drugs, that'll make you do stupid stuff. Living by people's opinion, that'll make you do really dumb stuff. Jesus will guide you, but He's going to guide you. Look what it says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me. When you follow Him, He gets involved in your life. This is not a far off Gandalf looking figure who's way off in another land. This is God the gardener who gets in the dirt and He wants to shape your life. He will make you lie down. Where? In green pastures. Not in greener pastures, in the green pasture that you've already got. Oh yeah, I don't have time. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me. Will you let Him lead you? Out of the noise, the white noise of this world and the white noise of your own head, He leads me beside quiet waters. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. He refreshes my soul. 
Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for He is with me. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. The rod is a rod of correction. The staff is a staff of connection. You need both. I am just, I gotta say this, you need both. A good parent knows how to say no, amen? I mean, maybe we're all working on it. I've got it ahead of me too, but a good parent doesn't just say yes to everything. Yes to destructive things. The no is a sign of love. God's correction in your life is a sign that He loves you. I need His staff that comforts me, brings me in close. But I also need that rod that tells me no. When you are receiving the no and the yes of God, this is a sign that you're now a disciple. This is the sign that you've transitioned from just genie in a bottle, Jesus, to now I'm a follower of Jesus. If you are feeling some correction in your life, join the club. I feel it all the time. It's the sign that He loves me. It's the sign that He's involved in my life. It's the sign that I'm a son and not a slave. Oh my gosh. It's the sign that I'm a child and not just some hired hand out on the side. Like sin makes you. Sin makes you a slave. Jesus sets you free so you can be a son and a daughter. But the real freedom happens as you follow, as you make Him Lord. Says verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Not when they're gone, when they're right in front of me. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen to me. Here's what's amazing. When you follow Him, grace, mercy and love follow you. It's the great exchange of following Jesus. It's the great exchange of laying down your life. You get more. Then you give.